Hi guys, I'm Dr. Rochelle Haynes and thank you for joining our brand new podcast, Remotely Speaking. This podcast is where we sound off on all things remote work. I'm especially passionate about two things, having a good work experience and traveling the world. So join myself and our experts as we talk about how we can work better remotely, how your business can better enhance remote working, and how countries can better attract digital nomads. To find out more about our podcast, follow us on Instagram at Remotely Speaking Up. Stay tuned for more. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Remotely Speaking Up. We are on episode number seven, and last week we spoke to Jeremy Stephen, an economist, about how countries can better facilitate remote workers, especially as there's been a lot of conversation around countries introducing a welcome stamp to a welcome stamp, sorry, to attract digital nomads. So. While Jeremy spoke to us about how we can attract these type of workers, this week we thought we would speak to one of these digital nomads. So this week we're joined by Sarah Azen, who is a graphic designer based in Washington, D.C. Washington State. That's right, Sarah. Washington State. I always get the two wrong. (laughs) Yeah. So thank you so much, Sarah, for joining us today. And Sarah's um, had a lot of experience as a digital nomad. And she's going to tell us a bit about her experience and about some of the things that she looks for um, from the countries that she travels to. So, Sarah, I'm going to turn it over to you to tell us a little bit more about yourself. Hi, Rochelle. First of all, thanks for having me. So excited to be here and talk about this with you. So excited about everything that you're doing. And it's just incredible. Um, So a little bit about me. Uh, I'm based out of Washington State. I work for an amazing consulting company. So um, my graphic design is is consulting now. So um, everywhere from branding to digital marketing to print, mm. kind of all over the map, um, bringing yeah. all of my skills that I've learned over the years and um, bringing them all together into one spot. Yeah. So that's that's these days. brilliant. And I know like you, you're based in Washington right now, but before that you moved around quite a bit. You were in another part of the States, if I have that right, if I can remember right. And then in, before that you're in Thailand. Yep, which is where we met. Yes. Uh, right now, I'm in a little beach town, actually about 20 minutes from the Canadian border. Yeah. And about two hours from Seattle. Yeah. Uh, and there's definitely a backstory of how I ended up here. Yeah. <laughs> so whenever you're, I'm happy to tell you about that if you're interested. Oh, we're always interested here. <laughs> yeah, but first, can you tell us a bit more about why why you became a digital nomad? What was it that, or were you always in this type of work? Uh, no, I actually worked in corporate companies and um, worked as a contractor for a long time, so I bounced around quite a bit. Yeah. Um, but something about just the freedom of not having to go into an office every day. Mm. I was tired of the commute. I was tired of sitting in traffic for an hour to get to work and then two hours to get home and all the office politics and constant meetings. And I just, you know, I knew that I would be more productive at home and, um, and with the freedom to be able to pick up and go whenever I wanted to. The the world was calling me. And so uh, Thailand 
there's it's always been just yeah. a really special place to me and I've always felt called to go there and so when I met you yeah same kind of situation and that was really when I got my feet wet with the whole digital mm-hmm. nomad experience and yeah I took two months and I went to to Colanta and joined Coho, the wonderful co-working community that yeah. where we met um and within a couple weeks there I realized I don't want to come home yeah. And I want, I want this to be my life. Yeah. And so I finished out my two months and I went home and wrapped up everything that I could, got yeah. rid of my apartment, got rid of all my stuff, Yeah. bought a one-way ticket to Southeast Asia um, wow. to begin my digital, my true, like, digital nomad. That's such a bold move, a one-way ticket. I don't know if I have that courage, but it sounds so appealing. And Thailand is such a, a magical place for it. I don't know if yes. that's a bit of a fairy tale word, but it's the truth. It is the perfect it place to true. work remotely. Yeah. Did you always want to go to Thailand or did you consider other locations before choosing there? Thailand, I just it's there's something about that country and I've I've mm. been had this love for that country for a long time now and yeah. uh, I honestly can't put my finger on it there's just something that was telling me in my heart yeah. that that's where I needed to begin my digital nomad life yeah and then you know and then I would go from there yeah yeah I have to agree because Cohub as well Cohub was that was quite a, a good community as well for digital nomads so Although you're going on this new adventure alone, when you get there, there's this existing community, which was quite nice. Yes. So how do you find it now with everything that's been going on, the pandemic? I've heard that for a lot of nomads, it's completely upended their experience. So what has it been like for you? Yeah, well, so when I came back from Thailand and this last time, and I, I, like I was telling you before, I... um, got rid of my apartment and I literally got rid of all of my things that I had been carrying around for the last, mm. you know, 25 yeah. plus years yeah. and bought that one way ticket. And then a week later, COVID hit. And mm. so I was never actually able to leave. Yeah. Uh, and so it's actually, it's affected, you know, just my, my life plan, just like I know it has affected so many mm. other people in so many different ways. Yeah. Um, but for me specifically, um, yeah, it was quite a, quite a shocker just how, what am I going to do now? I, I yeah. literally, I got rid of everything and I'm traveling now with one bag and wow. like five outfits and, <laughs> Nightmare. you know, minimalist. <laughs> but you know, when you're, when you're traveling, when you're traveling, yeah. you know, as a digital nomad and you're going from country to country and, yeah. You know, um, depending on where I was going, the weather was going to be hot. Yeah. So I didn't did I didn't need a lot of clothes. You know, I didn't need a lot of bulky stuff. So my bag was small and yeah. Uh, and yeah, but now I'm here in Washington, and Washington's you know we have three months out of the year where it's really yeah. nice weather, and then <laughs> you know it's cold again. So yeah, it's definitely um I I had to adapt um yeah but, but really for me um it's really just kick-started my digital nomad life 
mm-hmm. here in my home state and my home country, which yeah. I had never intended that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm, I'm learning a lot and I'm still continuing to network and connect with other digital nomads. And, yeah. um, you know, I think when, when the borders do open back up and we're able to travel again, I'm going to be really ready. Whereas, you know, yeah, I was kind of going going with it before, so I think you know yeah. when the time is right, I'll definitely be. Yeah, we're all crossing our fingers to be able to jump on a plane again comfortably and just say, "I'm going here for five weeks, going here for another two weeks." Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I wanted to, you know, with, especially with everything that's going on in the world. Um, yeah, you know, where I was living in Seattle, I was right in the city, and um, it's pretty pretty yeah. hectic. Yeah. Um, and, cities right now it's just mm. kind of crazy so I have been enjoying the excuse and the ability to just be able to pick up and go yeah where had I not made that decision when I did I would be I would be stuck in my apartment yeah. in the city in amidst all of the chaos that is happening yeah, that's true. Yeah, right it is now, a bit so. chaotic your end as well with the you you were showing me earlier the wildfires and yeah, you're getting a bit of that fires, well. Yeah. It's pretty so it's, I, I feel really grateful to be where I'm at and to be outside of the city and Yeah. Uh, well, that's so. uh, hopefully you stay safe. So what would you um because I know you've probably heard, you've probably seen on the news like everybody else that um, Barbados, my home country, let's just slip that in there. <laughs> um, you've seen that they would have offered a welcome stamp, which have has attracted global attention. And because of that, there's a lot of interest um, in Barbados. There's also a lot of interest in um, persons wanting to go there. And then there are also a lot of um, naysayers as well, saying that that won't be as attractive as another spot. Um, for various reasons, so I really wanted to get your take on it. What do you think when you when you heard about this? Because I'm sure you probably heard of it. When you heard about the, the welcome stamp, what did you and your nomad partners think? Oh, so happy! I mean, what amazing news to be able to yeah. go spend a year in Barbados without having to, you know, do visa runs or even deal with any of that. I think it's incredible. Yeah. Um, and I hope to see you there next year. <laughs> yeah, let's put it in the spirit. Yeah. <laughs> let's hope for the best. So what yeah. would attract you then? Because you mentioned there was something about Thailand that had a pull for you. What is it about... Because the Caribbean hasn't traditionally been a digital nomad, nomad hotspot. So you as a digital nomad, why, let's say, why didn't you consider it before and why would you consider it now is it just about the visa or what what would draw you to that location oh i mean i think now where i'm at um just in my life and experiences and um uh you know i had to i had to go to thailand and just follow my heart and what you know what where i was being called um but that was just to kick off my digital nomad life. You know, I want to, I want to go everywhere. And yeah. Barbados, I mean, I would go tomorrow if I, if I could, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, so really for me now at this point, um, good Wi-Fi. I need to be able to have, you know, as digital nomads, we have to be able to have good Wi-Fi. Yeah. Uh, and an open community, um, you know, a welcoming community. Yeah. Absolutely. 
absolutely. That's huge. Um, and, uh, you know, coming from a, a state where it's really cold in the wintertime and rainy and yeah. gloomy, you know, we yeah. definitely, I'm, I'm making Seattle sound bad. It's really, <laughs> I, mean, I, love, I love the Pacific Northwest, yeah. but you know, I want to be where the sun is shining every mm. day. Yeah. And, um, you know, the, the landscape is beautiful. And, uh, so that's also a pull for sure. Yeah. Um, and then, and then also what's really important to me is when I, when I do travel, I want to submerge myself in the culture mm. and the community. And mm. I want to be able to use my, my skill as a designer to help yeah. as well as just my, you know, wanting to go in and, and, and make a difference to wherever I go. And so yeah. for really to, for the community, um, and the co-working spaces, mm. um, to be open to digital nomads coming in and, and, you know, really digging in and getting their feet wet and yeah. Know, submerging themselves in and the local life and and doing good wherever they can yeah just how dare us just go in and enjoy everything that this beautiful country has to offer and not give yeah. anything back in return yeah so that's really important to me that's really good and, I, and we saw some of that in thailand i, I meant I mean, in terms of yourself as well, I remember we did some events that you organized in terms of beach cleanups and those sort of things. Um, one of the things I noticed um, when I started pursuing the digital nomad research and so forth was often that's what the nomad wants. You want that integration, you want that cultural experience. Uh, what I've seen in many nomad hotspots sometimes is that you have this separation between the locals and the expats. So what would you suggest um, expats can do to integrate or to really get integrated with the local society? Um, I mean, gosh, there's, there's really a lot that they can do. They could yeah. encourage, you know, locals and digital nomads coming together. Um, you definitely see, at least, you know, I saw while I was in Thailand that um, you definitely see all the digital nomads hanging out in one spot and yeah. kind of creating, whereas um, I was drawn to, you know, the more, I was drawn away from those places. You know, I, I wasn't really interested in going to the Irish pub. Yeah. And, I wanted to go to the reggae bar and to, yeah. you know, to these places where I knew I was going to be, you know, I was going to mm. meet local people and, yeah. um, you know, within our co-working spaces, that's where we meet, you know, the other digital nomads. Mm. So, um, so as far as expats, yeah, just really encouraging, you know, that, you know, coming together of, mm -hmm. of everybody where, you know, and not to put down the Irish pub, but that yeah. definitely is an attraction to, I think, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I don't, I don't know that that's attracting, you know, everybody. Yeah. So. Yeah. And we've definitely seen some encouraging things. Um, I was telling you earlier in the world, we want to travel, we want to expose ourselves to different cultures and then right. we go and just hang out with 
other nomads or you're not really having that so is there anything that draws you to a particular co-working space because this is something that's very new and i keep using the context of the caribbean just because one that's personal to me but also um, for a lot of caribbean countries which are tourism dependent this is um, now a potential income generator um, for those countries um, so what would you say that perhaps governments or local bodies can do to try to also encourage that sort of integration is there anything they can do for the nomad like yourself to help you to really blend yeah i mean well speaking to our, to cohab they really they really i think figured it out on how to really support the digital nomads that were coming in there and to make visa runs easy to make you know all of that stuff easier because it can be get it can be really stressful um mm. it just can be so um yeah cohab did a really good job they you know organized visa runs they you know made sure that your passport was submitted to the government you know when it was when it needed to be and so really that would have been something you know which mm. i didn't know upon being there that if i didn't yeah there was these certain things, there's all these little things that you don't know, especially when you're first starting out, yeah. um, that you have to do. Otherwise you could get fined or you could get, you know, kicked out of the country and there's yeah. just you know, minor things and it's different everywhere you go. But for the co-working space to have all of that organized and to be able to have the resources to help digital nomads come in and just make it, you know, a little yeah. bit less stressful. Yeah. Um, would be really helpful. And I think governments, too, um, being more accepting of, of digital nomads coming in and, and, um, and yeah. working remotely yeah. um, without, you know, the worry, you know, of us getting in trouble yeah. Um, yeah. for working. You know, even though we're not working, we're not really working yeah. <laughs> for yeah. that country, but yeah. it's also complicated. So to have all these little logistics within the co-working space. Um, yeah, I remember know. that. I remember yeah. in, in certain places there was a bit of a, a blurred line or a bit of a yes. like, having to be careful communicating that you were actually working um, because you, you're not allowed to work because you have a particular type of visa and and so right. forth. So I imagine that's what's so attractive, particularly about the Barbadian welcome stat, that you have this 12-month work visa where you can work from Barbados for 12 months. You don't have to hide what you're doing. Exactly. We can say, I'm here as a digital nomad, and yeah. know that that's not going to implicate us in any way, whereas yeah. that's not the case for a lot of countries. Um, yeah. That's very true. And you mentioned a particularly important point because I know Barbados is very young and the Caribbean as well is very young on its journey um, developing nomad infrastructure. And one of the things you mentioned there is, is quite important um, if we have any listeners out there who might be thinking of developing co-working spaces. Um, you mentioned in terms of having particular facilities because um, Currently, Barbados is there. There are a lot of businesses now and business persons that are now developing co-working spaces. So you will see more and more pop up um, as the year goes by and so forth. But you mentioned a good point in terms of offering the facility that makes it almost a one-stop shop for the digital nomad. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that is huge. I can't believe I left that out earlier. I mean, that's 
huge to be able to, yeah, have your, you know, food package, your room and board, and your co-working all in one. Yeah. Yeah. That just makes it so much easier. At least, at least when you're first getting to wherever you're going, you know? Yeah. Um, Yeah, that is huge. Yeah. That is, that would that would bring me, keep me coming back. Yeah. (laughs) It was just that easy to jump right in. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. And you mentioned also in terms of the government's involvement in like when it does come like to the end of that year or so forth, actually making it easy if if you wanted to repeat another year or so forth. Yeah, absolutely. Really good points. So what do you think then in terms of when we consider a lot of the, countries that are now trying to become digital nomad hotspots. You mentioned in terms of the visa, but we, we know that there are some spots that are at the very top list when it comes for digital nomads because of cost of living and so forth. So you have Thailand, you have Vietnam and so forth. What do you think about the Caribbean in terms of its potential to become a top remote working hotspot? Yeah, I mean, I think if there were, if there's affordable places to stay, um, you know, being a digital nomad in the U.S. is really expensive and it's not really sustainable unless you're, you know, yeah. making a ton and ton of money. Yeah. Um, so that's definitely the, the, you know, attraction of going to Southeast Asia. It's more affordable. So yeah. in Barbados, um, you know, I've never been to Barbados, and mm. so I'm not sure. Is it going to cost me two thousand dollars a month <laughs> to stay in Barbados? If so, then I probably won't be <laughs> going. At least, you know, I would maybe do a three-month, you know, yeah. trip. But yeah. if I could find something, you know, mm-hmm. that was affordable, absolutely. Um, yeah, that would get me there a lot faster. So I think if the co-working spaces can, when they're keeping that in mind, you know, especially with, you know, people with our lifestyle is a lot of times, you know, we're, we're here because we want to work less and live more, you know what I mean? And so, um, you know, this lifestyle is the simplistic lifestyle and you, most of us, Mm -hmm. I think are more content with less. Yeah. Just so we can experience the world, you know, yeah. that's totally worth it. So yeah. if that's kept in mind with the co-working spaces in Barbados and especially with yeah. those package deals, yeah, I think um, that would definitely get digital nomads there. You draw on a really important point when you talk about what digital nomads look for in terms of wanting that simple excuse me, wanting that simple type of lifestyle. Um, One of the things I was quite surprised by uh, in my travels, being a digital nomad, but also researching digital nomads, is the breadth of the group, just the um, the variety, the breadth of variety in the group, how many different types of digital nomads they are and how many are looking for certain types of experiences. So you right. uh, we, we've seen some of the, 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 let's say you have those who are on a gap year, those college students who graduated university are on a gap year, they want that party experience. You have those traveling with the family, you have those like yourself who are very interested in contributing and enjoying the local area. 
Um, do you think certain types of nomad hotspots attract certain types of nomads? Sure, absolutely. I mean, um, Koh Lanta, you know, didn't have any resorts. It didn't have, it was more, you know, you felt like, you know, it had mm. was still untouched from tourists. Yeah. And that's, that's absolutely what, you know, a huge thing that attracted me to go there. Yeah. Um, rather than going somewhere else where, you know, I, for me, I didn't care about staying in a fancy a fancy place. I would have been fine, you know, in a, in a grass hut, <laughs> you know, as long as I had good Wi-Fi and a fan. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. So, but I think, um, you know, you, it just depends on the, the nomad. I think, um, yeah. I tended to attract the energy of like-minded people like myself, but I know I, you know, I met, plenty of people that were, you know, staying in the most expensive places on the island. And that yeah. was, that's how they do it. You know, yeah. that's how they do it. Whereas for me, even if I, you know, am making a good living, I'd rather save that money and live yeah. more like a local does. Cause that's how I'm going to connect. Yeah. You know? And so yeah. I, I think that just depending on the kind of digital nomad you are, you're going to attract, you're going to attract other people just like you yeah that's very true and do you think like, that the caribbean sorry go ahead it, it's all over the map really of just what digital nomad, nomads i think are yeah looking at. that's true i think it's it really makes me think of the tourism product in that sense the the fact that you have such a wide range of digital nomads whereas sometimes it's portrayed as this one homogenous group and it really, I think, presents an opportunity for countries to really tailor to different types of nomad experiences. And I really want to see that developed as well. So it'd be interesting to see what, what comes, especially where you mentioned the co-working spaces and the type of um, experience that they can offer you as well. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So definitely, I'm looking forward to what the future holds. Um, yeah. So we've kind of spoken about some of the great things about being a nomad that lifestyle that freedom the experience in the local context and so forth um what has been some of the difficulties for you as a digital nomad or what do you see as some of the difficulties in general for digital nomads sure um i guess when i first started um in you know with this transition yeah. the most difficult part was the visa um, renewing the visas, that was really stressful for me just because yeah. it was, it was so unknown and, and knowing that you could possibly be declined and it was just mm. really, you know, you were leaving a lot up to chance and, yeah. and, and risk. So, um, but now, um, and I think that's, you know, I think that just going back to that, um, I think universally is, um, you know, something that, yeah, we all we have to think about that and and where we're gonna you know renew our visas and having that all in order before you travel or right when you get to a country. Yeah. Um, but now, now for me, the stresses are a little bit different. Now it's yeah. where am I gonna stay next? You know, yeah. because yeah. I am still in the U.S. and it's not cheap to stay in Airbnbs. Yeah. And, you know, it's a little bit more difficult to find these furnished places where 
it's not necessarily a digital mm. nomad hotspot um, where yeah. furnished, affordable furnished um, homes are just so readily available. Yeah. Whereas when you're traveling in Thailand or hopefully Barbados and, yeah. you know, these places, yeah. they're ready for us, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But here is not where oh. I am. <laughs> that has been the biggest um, stress. And I'm sure there's a lot of other, you know, I, I imagine that's also universal for mm-hmm. um, for digital nomads right now is being yeah. stuck in their home country yeah. and, yeah. and just having a backpack and no furniture and finding, you know, a solid furnished place. Yeah, I've seen a lot of those inquiries in the group as well. People very much stressing that it's important that the place is furnished just to take that load of having to shop around and get stuff, especially with what's going on. Right, exactly. And that's just not, it's not, it's not sustainable when, you know, you're moving every two or three months, which is what I'm doing right now. Yeah. (laughs) I'm I'm keeping my, my original Thailand um, bag so luckily it's been summer here yeah oh that's good so what do you think in terms of let's when we put it now in the lens because you know we filter now everything in the lens of COVID-19 and the pandemic and potential of a second wave and these sort of things what do you see as some of the um, immediate difficulties that presents not just for digital nomads but for the spaces that accommodate them Oh, geez. Um, when I ask that, I'm thinking of Cohub and how, how they experienced the pandemic, for example. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I know Cohub has been struggling just because there hasn't been, you know, there's no tourists. Mm. Um, I think it's definitely affecting these co working spaces and um, they can. I think market to people who are stuck in the countries, you know, that's mm. co- that's where Cohub is getting um, its coworkers yeah. is yeah. they're who are stuck stuck in these countries um, and can't get home. Stuck in uh, Thailand, the horror! Oh, how horrible <laughs> is your life? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, well, it'll be really interesting to see how how they move forward and especially with as borders mm. continue to stay closed but yeah people are still people are still traveling you know yeah. people are still um there's quite a few people that are that are stuck outside of their yeah. home country and, and weren't either didn't want to go back chose not to or yeah um, or just wasn't able to so yeah you kind of reminded me as well of how a lot of countries who would depend on tourism have repurposed a lot of the accommodation. So, for example, hotels that are now yeah. considering making their spaces, um, setting up their spaces in a way that the locals in that country can work remotely since everyone has gone to remote working anyway. So it really does. You, you see the innovation coming out in a time like this. It's not <laughs> ideal. We don't wish for a time like this, but it's really... Um, forcing companies and, and especially within that sector to get very creative. So. Yeah, I mean, I can tell you right now, I would be so happy <laughs> to go to go, you know, to mm-hmm. anywhere in Southeast Asia or Barbados or wherever I'm going, and to go into a co-working space 
and see local people there also working. Yeah. You know, does it do yeah. these co-working spaces have to be just for the traveling digital nomad? Um, that could yeah. be a way that you know, countries and these co-working spaces can involve the community more is yeah. advertise not only to just digital nomads, but now that we're all working, you know, not yeah. all of us, but the majority of the world is working digitally now. So yeah. now we can really incorporate, you know, the yeah. local communities and yeah, amazing to see. Amazing. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to seeing a lot more of it. So fingers crossed for that. But um, yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. I'm, I'm it's an exciting time, I think, not just for the Caribbean, but for a lot of other countries. I say exciting, but I say that with caution because, of course, we know the trauma of everything that's going on. But with even with in a state of trauma, there is a lot of silver linings that's been that's been taken away from the situation, and this is really one where people have been forced to get more innovative and experiment and try new things. And this yeah. is. This is definitely an area where that's happening um, in the Caribbean context. Absolutely. And I think companies, other companies who are never, you know, the thought of their their yeah. employees traveling the world and still working was just not even an option. So I think yeah. it's going to open the doors up to, you know, yeah. just a whole new way yeah. of being. I think so. I look forward to work, it. work life balance. Mm, yeah. Whole other debate there. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much, Sarah. Thank you for sharing your experience as a digital nomad and especially highlighting not just the good, but also the, the, the challenges that come along with that. It's not, um, always sunshine and um, beaches <laughs> but yeah it can be quite stressful at the same time but at the same time it can be a really fulfilling experience so you know you gotta tell us what's the funniest travel story <laughs> funniest travel story well i've got a handful of them but oh, i dear. think one that stands out to me the most would be when i was on a layover in China and I had forgotten that I had packed a curling iron in my bag and I didn't check anything. I was just carry on everything. And I don't know why I brought a curling iron because I never used it once, Uh, (laughs) (laughs) but I brought this curling iron and it went through security and through the x-ray machine and it looked like a gun. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I had forgotten that I had even packed it. And so they, <laughs> they pulled me out of the line and I'm rushing to my next flight. It was like a really high intensity moment anyways. And then, yeah. and then to be, you know, I was pretty much interrogated and, um, they so showed you- me my bag in the x-ray. Like, what is this? Oh my and God. I was like, oh, I don't know. That's not my bag. <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, I really don't know what, that is and then also not speaking the language it was just it was pretty intense Uh, and so then they opened it and all it was like they were getting ready to open you know and find something crazy and I was too I thought I didn't know what happened I thought (laughs) something got stuffed in my bag and then to open it and see that it was just uh, a curling iron (laughs) 
What was their reaction? Pretty hilarious. Oh, they thought it was so funny. <laughs> I was just relieved and I think just like maniacal laughing. <laughs> Be careful, I'll curl you to death. <laughs> yeah. But it all worked out and it yeah. was pretty helpful. Oh, that could have ended a lot worse. <laughs> yeah. As all the guests say, it wasn't funny then, but it's definitely yeah. funny now. <laughs> I let them learn. I don't need a I don't need a curling iron while I'm yeah, especially in the heat. Oh, no. Doesn't matter. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Well, thank you so much, Sarah. This has been Sarah Izim. I'm a graphic designer who is currently based in Washington and sharing her experience of being a digital nomad. Sarah's been telling us about some of the things that attracts her to a nomad hotspot, including the type of visa that they're offering, the cost of living and particularly the accommodation and Sarah's were also very keen to stress the integration and having that integration is really important uh, to some digital nomads as well so thank you Sarah for everything that you've shared and thank you for our listeners for joining us again this has been another episode of remotely speaking up bye, bye. I hope you enjoyed our podcast series. To find out more, follow us at Remotely Speaking Up on Instagram or go to www.crowdpotential.co.uk for our services. Until next time.